He sees you when you're sleeping. He knows when you're awake. He's the guy we hired to make sure you listen to every episode. Everyone and welcome to our very special Christmas episode of Candera, a tribute to comics Christ and pop culture. Hose. I, I <laughs> like that. From both of you, I like your contributions there. That was very nice. Can you tell we're both stupid right off the bat there? No am, questioning it. I'm Jeremy Colley. I'm Jack Doherty. Jake Runyon. And joining us today, returning to the show, good friend of the show. It's, you know, when it's Christmas time, you got to get those you care about, your good friends close. We decided to have one of those good friends on the show with us today, comic creator of the comics Lonesomes and Prometheus, Ryan Little. Thanks for being with us, Ryan, and Merry Christmas to you. Merry Christmas, gentlemen. We're going to have a good time today. We're doing so. our fourth installment to the What If series mm. with our Christmas episode this year. We're talking What If Santa Claus, in fact, did exist. It was public knowledge that St. Nick was real. Now, this is all theoretical, obviously, because we do know Santa Claus does, in fact, exist. This is just <laughs> in a world where he didn't, but people, this joke's going nowhere. <laughs> Someone save me. In case little kids might be listening, yeah, trying to solve yeah, the blow, right? right? <laughs> all right. Uh, and then uh, after that, after the episode, uh, for those of you who want to listen to us talk about Star Wars, it sounds like good and bad. Uh, stick around after the episode, and we're going to be spoiling the hell out of it. So if you haven't seen it, don't want to get spoiled, just turn off when we sign off. But um, other than that, that's what we laid out for you. But before we get to it, Jake. Hey, guys. Uh, you might consider checking out all of our social media outlets, like Twitter, perhaps, where you can find us at CannedAirPod, or Instagram, where we're at Canned underscore Air. Also, plenty of stuff on the YouTube channel with more on the way. I, I, I think it's safe to say the YouTube is uh, it's growing rapidly, at least mm -hmm. compared to yeah, how it's been. Yeah. Um, also, we are on Patreon, so if you like what we do, dollar a month makes a whole world of difference. You would be amazed what, what it does for our confidence, first off, but then everything <laughs> else we can do with it. No, and uh, it, yeah, don't forget to check out the website if you want to reach us. We've got a contacts page. If you want to see some of the great guests we've had on in the past, we've got special guest page and every episode thus far. I want to touch back on uh, Patreon really quick. Uh, we have a new backer, actually. The comic uh, webcomic I talked about in last week's uh, Comic Vault, uh, Off Girl, the uh, comic creator, Tina Fine. And thank you so much for mm -hmm. that. Because yes, thank you so incredibly much. Uh, became a backer on Patreon, and uh, that support just means the world to us. So thank you. And uh, to those of you who might be considering, head over there, take a look at the video, see what we, uh, we've got for you there, uh, gift-wise, reward-wise. We have some exclusive content. Yeah, check it out and uh, do it. Back this little shanty podcast here, <laughs> if you don't mind. This we little Hooverville of a show we've got going here. <laughs> <laughs> We're starving people. Come on. <laughs> All right. Well, with that behind us, let's just get right into it. What if Santa Claus really did exist. Now, I'm the way I imagine this scenario is Christmas 2017. Uh Christmas Eve, something goes wrong with Santa's agenda. His sleigh goes down and he's he's found. He it can't be denied. Very much like Elf. I was going to say the rocket underneath has done <laughs> run out of Christmas cheer, so Something like yeah. that. Sure. But <laughs> it's like in Times Square where it's undeniable. You Proof. know what? Santa exists. I don't want to derail you, but I think even before we explore the scenario that like reveals him to the world, we need to establish what we're discussing in terms of what he's capable of. Oh, got to be. 
Yeah, because you're thinking Santa Claus, you're thinking, A, he can visit every child on Earth in one night. That's a given. That's like the foundation of his ability. I'm going to write these down as we mention them. Yeah, yeah. Sure. So he can reach every kid, no problem. He's only reaching the kids. Yeah. Oh. B, he has the resources to produce and distribute these toys. Whatever the toy may be, Xbox or a rocking horse, whatever. I'm wondering then, are we saying one toy per kid? Or is he getting the list? I'm thinking he's getting the whole list. I'd yeah. say we go for broke on this one. And the most important one, this, you know, all-seeing, all-knowing, naughty or nice angle, he has some means of, let's call it what it is, supernatural surveillance over all children. And not only what kind of kid they are, but their actions throughout the year. He, he's Dr. Manhattan Santa Claus. Pretty much, right? Another thing to take into consideration, what... Um I'm assuming we're not taking the Tim Allen laws of Santa Claus into effect here, where a new guy is deemed no, Santa. We'll, we'll, we'll say it's the same guy, right? I mean, is that the, is that the traditional lore behind Santa Claus that it's, it's been it's the like same guy dude, all right? these years? I think so. Yeah, that yeah. was just something neat that they did with the Santa Claus out of the movie. Yeah, I've never heard of Santa being a moniker before. Mm-mm. So, how he has. <laughs> Found the cure for diabetes. I mean, <laughs> yeah. in itself, it's because kids don't ask for it. If, you if one kid would say, "I want the cure for diabetes," we would have had it. But all the kids wanted bionicles for Christmas. We need to be educating <laughs> our children. I think all I want is for mommy and daddy to be happy. Well, those new Ninjago sets are pretty sweet, though. <laughs> <laughs> it's always next year. <laughs> okay. Are we saying he's got a whole team of elves up there too? Then, or is he's yes, the that's another yeah, thing. Absolutely. The elves. It's got a whole cloning system up there. Yeah, so we've got minions. dominion over an entire slave race. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Unlimited manufacturing power. He's basically Sauron, but he yeah. has, like, holiday cheer. <laughs> Thank God. Like that. that about sums it up. Yeah. yeah. The North Pole will be washed away in the fires of industry. <laughs> are we good with uh, yeah, things that once we are round out the power pro- I just figured we need to start no I think you're right yeah. I think totally. you're absolutely right so he has crash landed it's on the news we see it Christmas <clears throat> Eve on the news as we're watching Santa being bombarded with all these cameras him holding his hands up trying to keep the flashes <laughs> out of his eyes he's wearing like a brown paper bag over his face how does the world react What's, what do we see first? What starts happening immediately? I mean, social media will blow well, up. Obviously. My mind keeps going to, like, the military intelligence world. Because they're... Every, like, major power player on Earth is going to see this as, A, an opportunity, B, a threat, or C, something that has to be... A threat that needs to be neutralized right now so that it becomes an opportunity, you know? I always just true. think there's at least uh, there's at least two evil world leaders who immediately start adopting children. Ooh, interesting thought. So they've got access to this person, what he can right. deliver for them. So it's like Kim Jong Il is about to in- inherit like 600 orphans. <laughs> Let's say now that we know that there's Santa, there's got to be a North Pole. There's there's land, there's territory that we there's like a shadow nation. So that's kind of fair game for anyone in the world, right? I mean, to yeah. kind of come on to the and claim last their own or unclaimed piece of territory. Mm. Well, I mean, he's laid claim to it, but it's it's the last unexplored, I guess. Right. All the all his capabilities would, like you're saying, become immediate 
needs for every every militant force yeah, across yeah. once the, they realize a particular ability of his is possible the question immediately becomes how do we achieve it too militarizing santa claus i mean <laughs> there wouldn't be any war i mean you could constantly unlimited see what the enemy's doing yeah unlimited resources you could unlimited bomb them workforce. send in swat teams to execute every one of your enemies yeah in a, the like a fraction of a second it's, it's i incredible. definitely think there's a there's a version of Santa Claus that, that the list essentially just becomes Death Note. Yeah, it's <laughs> once you're marked by claws, it's that's it. Yeah, and, and I think it, give it, to you. it really speaks to the character of Santa Claus that he has. I mean, the totalitarian asshole's dream kit, right? He's got any power he could possibly need to subjugate an entire globe's worth of people, and chooses instead to bring Christmas cheer. This is true. So, I think if Santa Claus were real, he would be fighting tooth and nail to maintain his ability to make children happy on Christmas while the rest of the world is desperate to unlock the secret of his power. Yeah, I think he's so outside of our social constructs. Like, I would see the next day immediately, like, Elon Musk is on a submarine up there. You got, like, Bill Gates is on his way up there. People are, like, anything, like, he's got everybody knocking on his door. Mm-hmm. Um, and I could see him just being so removed. You know, that he gets invited to the UN, but I don't want to go to the Superman version with it. I- I'm guessing he would just kind of not really care about any of them. He's, he's omnipotent, right? What's he care? Like, what are you going to do? Well, would he have been captured by authorities, or would he... You just the word is that he crashed or whatever. I think even and if he was captured, he was there. He, would he, on the run? If he was or... captured. He could, you know, the second they reach for their cuffs. I mean, this dude goes down millions of chimneys <laughs> within a matter of hours. His body his by his nose. is protean. It's in flux. He can so he can shake either himself. what like stop time and do his thing. That's what he, I'm he's thinking. Got he's got Doctor Who stuff kinda, going on. He yeah. looks human, but he's not. So I mean. There would be no capturing him. I mean, he could just immediately free himself, you know? But then you got to go to the second act twist. Then how does a guy like that accidentally get caught? Is 2017 just the year that Santa Claus decided to reveal him? He crashed his sleigh and he was knocked unconscious. Okay. Ooh. So then they are able there to you go. Yep. Chew on that one, Ryan. Area 51. <laughs> air ducts where Santa Claus dissection. next to his nose and zip right up the air duct to the roof, though. Yeah, they got each of his hands spread out like in a big X on manacles and stuff like that. They're yeah. going evil with Santa. I mean, say they throw him in a holding cell. This is a dude that can squeeze his fat ass down a pipe no bigger than an inch in diameter. Yeah. So, I mean, he can squeeze between them. There's no detaining this guy. No. So, but that might be what he leaves the world. If, if they had him captured for 45 minutes till he woke up, and all they have is footage of them dragging him into a cell, locking him up, he opens his eyes, and before the guards are even out of their chairs, he's gone again. But we still have definitive proof that or, he's real. You know, here's the That's thing. True. That's true. I have to imagine if he's start. got all of this power and responsibility, he has contingencies in place for if something were to happen to him. If something goes catastrophically wrong, I would imagine the elves and whoever can kind of run the show in his absence. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So... If he were to be captured, maybe he would realize the best thing to do is to hang out for a bit, answer a couple questions, and then leave peacefully. Going back to something you said uh, a little bit ago about his unlimited resources, which is something I hadn't thought about, and, you know, his obvious speed, he could go 
uproot the North Pole. He could relocate his whole operation in the second. Oh, sure. Split. It could be like, what is it, Sokovia from the second Avengers? Just the city could fly off. Right. I mean, even if he just, you know, abandoned his old facility oh, behind, yeah. he could have something put together, unlimited resources. Sure. Anywhere else. He, so He could have an airship that just circles the globe. So him oh, yeah. staying anonymous is not really an issue. <clears throat> no. It's something I hadn't thought about coming into this. That I didn't think about that. And I think, what, he's, he's to some extent, he has weaponized disbelief, right? <laughs> his power source has got to be children, right? They believe in him so strongly. They want him to come around. That, that's got to fuel his yeah. abilities. At the same time, mm. he's hidden by the fact that when you reach a certain, certain age, presumably the point where you're no longer fueling his abilities, you stop believing in him altogether. That gives him carte blanche to do as he pleases. What happens when that veil is lifted? I don't know. Like when when it showed to the world he does exist, and does, then all does the of a sudden influx you have... of belief make him too powerful? It makes yeah. Does he collapse like Ooh. a neutron star? I don't think so. I just think <laughs> religion starts up after that. <laughs> yeah, there you, you just see like an aura of light around him, him just going yes. The image I can't get <laughs> out of my God, head. Santa Claus. Yeah. I was just yeah. gonna say. <laughs> All I keep thinking about is, like, if he were captured, I think of that scene in The Dark Knight where they finally captured the Joker, and it's like, he wants to be there. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, yeah, 100%. If they, if they have Santa Claus, Santa Claus has chosen to stay there. I think he wants to be here, Lieutenant. Well, why is that? He wants to put us on his naughty list. <laughs> I can smell the coal from here. <laughs> I think the big kicker, though, is I don't think the cultural, like, regardless of what happens... If let's say it's Christmas 2017, like you said, I don't think it's going to get interesting until Christmas 2018. I think that's when a lot of the cultural shifts and implement. Well, assuming if he stays in the public eye from this from tonight until next year, it's probably different as opposed to if like if they have proof of him. It's like the kind of DC comic or DC film Superman version where he we have all this footage of Santa from one night that he disappears. And then everybody on Fox and Friends and all the news stations get to argue for 11 months about what we do about the Santa menace. <laughs> but it's the holiday season 2018 where people are going to have to start picking what side of the fence they want to stand on. Well, not only that, but, you know, like you were just saying, leading up to uh, Christmas 2018, it would be, uh, you know, like you guys are saying, in search of now. we got to find him, find the North Pole, yeah. find his operation. Um but also, you know, say they had tried to detain him and he was gone. Now all of a sudden they got some shit on Santa. Well, if he's such a great guy, why did he run from authorities? Sure. He should speak oh, to yeah. authorities. It becomes a campaign like of changing the public opinion of Santa mm-hmm. Claus. Right. Then when next Christmas starts approaching, you have a million and one YouTubers who are staying awake all night with their YouTube cameras Ooh, trained true. on the fireplace. We're going to catch Santa in the act. Nobody's going to go to bed. Fuck, I wouldn't go to bed. No, I'd stay no, awake to no, see him. Absolutely. What about with everyone finally believing in Santa and thinking, well, now I don't have to go buy presents because Santa's going to bring them all. The economic meltdown that we'd have. Nothing would get bought anymore. That's what I think. The Christmas, Christmas in a way, almost turns into the purge where it's like, okay, you're writing your Christmas list. All these kids have to be very smart about what they're asking for. Or like suddenly next year, all the parents asking for like. 300 bitcoins and a 40 pound dumbbell made of solid gold you know what I, like it suddenly becomes especially if there's like adults filling one out that's like i want a prenup that my wife signed i want the de- i want the deed to my house so i can stop paying my mortgage like it's suddenly like i can almost see it's like i'll be checking out my brother's christmas list being like dude what are you asking for over there you said like you know you said dad's car was gonna be mine because i'm turning 16 first what are you putting on your list for like it turns into this real cat and mouse game all of a sudden 
Yeah, with all the sudden belief, requests would go through the fucking roof, too. I didn't think about that. Right, because, I mean, imagine, like, someone someone says, I want Excalibur. Ooh. You know, I want I want a lightsaber. I want uh, Gypsy Danger. Oh. I mean, like, Christmas, can... like Christmas Day 2018 could be, like, like, the apocalypse, or it could be a bunch of people trying to cancel the apocalypse. Who knows? <laughs> if he can make, like, a, you know, three million PlayStation 4s over the course of a Christmas, I would imagine he can piece together a Jaeger. <laughs> yeah. And, he's, and, he's, and it's, this is supercharged Santa Claus. This is this is Super Saiyan yeah. Santa Claus. Now, some people believe in him. This is Santa Prime. Right. <laughs> Which, based on comic book rules, you hope that means at some point, like, you know, Santa was never supposed like the reason Santa makes us all not believe in him when he's 13 because he's like the century. If he gets too strong, the evil Santa gets born, which is probably Krampus. Do you think um, another effect of, uh, you know, on society, uh, you know, aside from the economy suffering, you know, uh, money wise, do you think people in turn would become nicer all of a sudden? Like knowing that there is an actual naughty and I've nice list? I've thought about that too. Would no. the world all of a sudden become a little bit nicer? Probably not. No. I, yeah, I, maybe this is. <laughs> I think the whole world just becomes Los Angeles. Everybody suddenly just like th- there's sort of this like propriety where we all kind of know we need to be nice to each other, but like you know you're still going to be speeding on the highway, and if you're in the wrong lane, you got to get off your exit. You're going to cut me off. I'm still going to be like, not not a problem, Jeremy. Have a nice day. <laughs> you know? but he's always watching. This is what we mumble to ourselves as we swallow our fury because we're still human beings. We're still going to get mad. We're still going to get jealous. I mean, that's yeah. just hardwired. Yeah, just because you get mad one time doesn't mean you're bad. That's true. People would probably be less shitty about it. But we've also <laughs> said before that only the kids are getting gifts, right? So, like, if, if you're a single 40-year-old, what is your incentive the following Christmas to behave any differently? Well, you know, this is true. you brought up an interesting point when you mentioned Krampus, because that's a tradition that is only recently back in the public eye, like, as a fun thing. It's like, ooh, Krampus is like scary Santa Claus, <laughs> you know. But it's, it's one of these things from way back when. I mean, he, he kind of shares a point of origin with Santa Claus. I wonder if the confirmation of Santa Claus, you, it kind of implies that Krampus is also present. And that influx of belief, because, I mean, the evidence is there now, if not empowers, could even, like, give rise to this Krampus figure. Is that why? <laughs> All right, here it is. Here it is. Is that why Santa Claus has to hide? Because long ago he defeated Krampus, banished Ooh. him from yep. the public mind, and to come back into public view to be widely known would only give power to his ancient foe. So not only are we seeing a million people sitting at home watching us on the news, the last person the shot cuts to is over the shoulder of a figure in a chair. Some shaggy on TV, throws a knife at it or something. <laughs> yeah, it's time. I found you, Chris Creek. <laughs> but you know, so it suddenly becomes a race. Santa Claus has to find the one kid that's willing to ask for Santa to make everyone forget about him again. Because that's oh, the only way that he can yeah. deep out, he can hide from a Krampus. You have to find that truly selfless child who, like, understands what's at stake. Right. No Even though the world probably knows. gets better I, in certain ways. That's why I'm saying that in a way it kind of reminds me of the purge. Like we all suddenly have like a reason to behave because there's this one night a year where kind of all the rules get thrown out the window and there's because there would be a huge economic shift. Like especially the first year. Right. The first year, 2018, it happens. My you know, every parents are like, all right, here's like some special parchment like ink. Like really think <laughs> about this decision. And there's that one family that's smart enough to say, like, you should just ask for what like. 400 pounds, whatever the 
most you know most valuable mineral in the world is and suddenly like the the, the, the shift in wealth that would happen in 24 hours would be huge you know another thing i didn't even think of is as a result of that as a result of the economy and, and that shift of wealth are going to come a shit ton of lawsuits toward mr uh, santa claus's way think about <laughs> you know you guys had mentioned maybe one of you guys just said He'll crank out 400 Xboxes sure. or PlayStations in a night. This thing, you know, you got Sony. Well, cease and desist. Yeah, he He's reproducing our product yeah. and giving it out for free. It's killing our sales, you know. So maybe uh, he would receive enough cease and desist to push him back into the little wooden trains and Raggedy Ann doll era. Of Unless he's actually had his hands in all the business models of everyone. So he has a little Santa's bit of been pulling the strings this whole time. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's what you say. If he's like a Charles yeah, Xavier knows. type, that he he is somehow a part of like all these organizations and stuff like that, because he he obviously is able to manipulate memories and stuff like that to make himself not have been known. It's true, but he could also have his elves on the inside, you know, posing as real people. Like right now, he has his distribution model out called Amazon. That's <laughs> yeah, that's right. stuff out it's like, why does this guy with all the great ideas always wearing a trench coat? <laughs> pull it open, it's like three elves on each other's backs. <laughs> he's always on Skype, and we just see him in silhouette. Lit like a James Bond villain every time. He's got like that super high pitched voice. Like, we need to shift yeah. production to game consoles. <laughs> We're going to purchase Whole <laughs> <laughs> And don't forget to tell him about. I, I was going to. And don't forget. <laughs> you know, I just I can't envision a scenario where Santa Claus isn't godlike, where he isn't some power that could just quench the sun if he was tired of humanity. You know, it's. I feel like the only logical course of action in the wake of this discovery is to worship this figure. Something that has real almost, tangible power. You kind power. of feel the need to, yeah, yeah. wouldn't you? I mean, it's, it's the closest thing to a godlike figure that we have seen. Yeah. You know, Something you can of. confirm sees everything you do, judges everything you do, dishes out rewards accordingly, and is physically present. Is right there. You can look on him and say, there he is. That's Santa Claus. Well, being nice is, in a way, of being in worship of him, too. And see, that's the thing. Perhaps you're right, Jeremy, everyone would be nicer, less shitty to each other, but the stakes would be higher. Because now, not only do you have to be nice to get your reward from Santa Claus, you have to avoid being a dick so you're not dragged into hell by Krampus. That's <laughs> why Krampus is running around. Oh, yeah. Man, I that's what, you know, that's what I'm saying. The world after 20... Uh... December 26, 2018 would be real interesting. Like, oh, what do you mean? Like, Aunt Margaret's not coming to Christmas this year. Ooh, we found Aunt Margaret chained up by a bunch of, like, hellfire blades. Like, Aunt, Aunt Margaret has been a real bitch last year. <laughs> like, so, there'd be a real purge again. Oh, man. I, oh, shit, I lost my train of thought. It's huge. It's just Santa's one of those big old things. I was going to mention, you know, it would become kind of a religion, but I wasn't going to say that, but... You guys are right. I mean, it was kind of it would kind of lead to that. How could it not? It yeah, it almost reminds me of like um, close encounters, right? Like people would just kind of like the government would probably try to talk us out of it. Like you know, Good Morning in America, and everybody's fighting to be the first ones to have a nice little sit down or sixty minutes is fine <laughs> to have a fireside chat with Santa Claus. But like in the meantime, you can't stop people, you know, and all the weird stuff people would try to do to like get close to his house or like try to get a piece of his hair to like experiment like you know like experiment on him or all the pictures or the different things people do to try to get a sense of is he even human or not that's why i feel like the first year or two would just be kind of cuckoo bananas well let's say that you know the the cops or whoever the feds the government did where it was trying to acquire him 
or questioning or whatever, the first thing they're going to think of, you know, after they've spent a whole year unable to catch him, is like, okay, Christmas Eve's when we're going to get the guy. He's coming down sure. one of these chimneys. <laughs> He'll be sitting there staking out somebody's house. So, you know, every chimney you go down has the potential on the other end. A family sitting awake waiting on you. Like I said, YouTubers or some stupid asshole waiting, waiting to film you. Oh, dude, what's up, Santa? <laughs> Pissed off feds. I mean, you're not going down that chimney to a, a house asleep, you know, with cookies it's and milk thrown by off a crackling his whole process. Pie. Your whole job is different now. So how does he? How does he tackle that? I mean, because despite his magic and I don't know, but as quick as he is, he could be in and out with, before anyone ever knows. You'd also think, know though if they're trying to bust him at a house. If a little kid was in that house, they true. would know what's going on. And that's a naughty deed. Right that's yep. fucking naughty. I mean, it like, begs the question. You also remember most places in New York City don't have. I mean, most places around the world don't have fireplaces. Mm-hmm. So he still get in and out somehow. The, the fireplace is just some kind of convention or some misnomer or some misinformation and elf fire chimneys are false flag operations that his elves have carried out to get us all looking the wrong way it's a red herring total 100 percent. and santa you know having kept anonymous all these years would lead to the fact that no one's ever seen presents just kind of like pop into existence in front of their face you know but that's why i think he must be like a charles xavier being like oh honey who bought ryan a razor scooter oh a cousin jill sent it like he must ah, be doing something yeah. to, to, to keep the, the presents came from wild. somebody else, right? And I, I think if it took this long until 2017 for him to finally get caught, you'd be you're absolutely right. He would be covering his tracks somehow, memory manipulation, something, because this is the age of surveillance. Yeah, you right. know, nothing is cut off from the rest of the world mm-hmm. anymore. It's all interconnected for better. But or for this worse. is also the point where. If he were to re- like, if he revealed himself in say 1994, a small people would know about it, and they would get to choose what to do with that information. If he crashes in Times Square in 2017, the whole world knows in an instant because right. of the way that we can disseminate information. So this right. might be the most fair time for him to reveal himself. Or we are finally. It's, it's like that whole thing that like aliens haven't come to Earth yet because they know we can't handle it, right? right. So he, there might be a reason he's picking picking now. Um, the one thing I'd hate to say is it's like very joyless Zack Snyder storytelling of me, but you know, you know, the real group of people that'd be really pissed off. It's like every Jewish person is like, well, what the hell, man? <laughs> Where's Hanukkah Harry? <laughs> yeah, unless Santa's also been sneaking uh, gifts under the menorah or however it works. And then also, I think he bakes them into matzo balls, actually. <laughs> and that's how you receive them. Santa <laughs> invented matzo balls. Here's another thinking point we need to think about our elves. So how, what what are the elves' situation? You know, are they getting paid for their work? I can't imagine they are. are. They're not really slaves. Are they just happy to dedicate their lives to making toys? I mean, what's their situation? I think what's elf the- is... Uh, <laughs> okay. All the elves are robots, and the name elf is an acronym for, like, experimental labor force or something. <laughs> oh. oh, that's gross. That's it's definitely always singing in that, unison. Yeah. <laughs> They're all clockwork uh, nutcrackers that can build stuff. Uh, but so I would like to think that, okay, you know, maybe the elves really don't know anything outside of their life, what they know at the North Pole. They seem to be. I mean, there are no other elves that we are aware of on the planet. 
So that that's where they that's all they know. That's a good so the point. First thing, first thing Santa did was kill all the other elves so they can't come liberate the ones that he has making toys. <laughs> yeah. Well that's just it. They get a glimpse of this outside world, they get a glimpse of social media. Oh, the, this labor laws, these you know, these people are being d- discriminated against. Uh they're being held as slaves. You know, the the elves finally they're dying to work at the Apple factories in China. They're like, this looks great. I get money. I get four hours of sleep a night. This is incredible. So whether or not Santa could keep his shit under wraps or not, you know, if the elves caught wind of it, they is could all of a sudden a be like, hey, you know what? We're not being treated very well here. Well, you we know, need to I, be paid. We want to get off this mystical place, you know, wherever the hell it is. I think it begs the question, like, what are the origins of the elves as a workforce. Are they an independent species that just kind of has a deal? And at this point it's natural. Like you said, it's the only life they've ever known. Are they like a genetically engineered species to be like psychologically predisposed to working for Santa Claus? Is that, you know, are the dopamine receptors in their brain hooked directly up to their fingertips? So every time they assemble a wooden toy, they just get a little rush or something, you know? Yeah, I think it's always interesting. I love that wormhole because this is what I say to people about like if aliens come, like anger, like that base reaction of like, like violence is a symptom of our mortality. Like we as homo sapiens get mad because we're flawed and like if I don't know how to solve a problem, at some point the caveman in me goes, "Oh!" And like, you don't I want to smash it. Yeah. I think that's the best idea. That just might not exist in else. They might just like, like you said, like they might instead of photosynthesis, they just like feed off productivity, Ooh. you know, or like like spreading merriment, or like there's just some like you can let's like let's go down the existential rabbit hole, man. These could be some abstract like Grant Morrison elves. But you're going to have a Kylo Ren in the bunch, don't you think? I mean, you're going to have <laughs> yeah, one. One Hermie. Two soon, yeah, man. Hermie. Hasn't been, well, hasn't been 24 hours yet. <laughs> yeah. Let's say, what if the North Pole is just like some utopia and they're just happy to do everything? They're just <laughs> like hobbits. Hobbits were always happy just to cook and you know, that's have a good second point. breakfast and second lunch. Hobbits were totally content. Yeah, just doing what they do. I don't know. Hobbits had a much better living condition, though, than these, yeah. these dudes. Do. That's I mean, a good point. Did I anyone, not to say that the elves don't. If, if they can make anything, if they're master woods craftsmen and carvers, and if they can build Xboxes and technology and stuff like this that. That's true. And they might not need anything. Like, if they don't need to, like... Like, what if, like I always kind of wonder, like, what if we as human beings didn't need sleep? Like, if that was just, like, we didn't need that to recharge ourselves. I fantasize about that That scenario. If we get so many things done. Hell yeah. (laughs) Well, (laughs) five episodes a week. Like, the 18 hour workday suddenly becomes the norm. Or, like, you know, or or these are people whose jobs it is to only be awake during certain hours, like, whatever you call it. But, like, same thing, like, elves, you might not, like, really need, like, you know, I was just in uh, Japan and, like, their apartments are very small. And part of the way that that's affected their lifestyle is they don't really go home a lot. Like, if you want to socialize or not be sleeping, you're not in your house. You go to a bar or a restaurant or a park or, like, you know, you just, like, so these elves, like, their entire ecosystem, like, guys, I'm, t- I'm come on, Grant Morrison, it up. It's got to be some weird existential crazy stuff. Like, if they don't need houses, they don't need homes, like, they just love. Like, what if spreading joy is the peak of experience for them? That's their Wouldn't nirvana. Yeah. Right. Shouldn't that be our Nirvana too, guys? Shouldn't that be our <laughs> in a perfect world? In order to to set their skilled little hands in motion, developing advanced electronics and whatever is asked of them, they have to be magical as well. Imagine they're not just capable craftsmen; they have some some ability to manipulate matter, some fabricating thing, or perhaps they're like. Uh, no, that would have been true, a stupid. Reference. Because where are they getting all the wood, metal? Yeah, you know I mean. Yeah. Right. 
You have like yeah. alchemists or something. Yeah, they're, they're pulling it from the cosmos. Well, that's a, that's kind of I like if they're that powerful, there might not even be that many elves. That's a good point. There might be five of them. Just or it could, again, it could be like the document hand thing. There's or like multiple man that there's elves, and he just depending on the workload. And I, I here's the thing: if they're so capable, so powerful that they can just draw resources from the ether and create these things. We're, we're looking at their happiness, their satisfaction with the job, or their their agreement with Santa Claus in human terms. These are beings who right. have transcended to a, to a higher sort of existence. Right. That could cost like a, one one hundredth of their consciousness. It could just be like uh, like the way we breathe and our heart beats at the same time. We don't have to put any effort into it. It just happens. A part of their mind could be making toys while the rest is exploring the depths of space or communing with the, the grand spirit of <laughs> yeah, Claus. That's, a, that's their idea of paying rent. We'll give all yeah. the kids some toys <laughs> and so we can post up here. You know, this is kind of reminding me of, especially if Santa is somehow giving them power, that there's a figure that goes around devouring every December 25th everything he can find while he has his heralds making the gifts for him. So Santa Claus is basically Galactus, and then all his little elves are his his team of cosmic entities that he somehow empowers to do his deeds. They're I subscribe power, to that notion. It would have to come from Santa, because if they are all powerful, like you're saying, what would possess them to be like, yeah, making toys for a bunch well, of kids? Well, there you go. They're an extension of his being. They're, they're thralls. Oh, you know, they're a yeah. part of him. <laughs> but yeah, I, I would imagine that they're something he creates when the need arises. Maybe they're finite. Maybe there are only elves when there's need of elves. Yeah, because you know, it gets closer that power- to Christmas time, and all of a sudden, yeah, they just pretty start, much. there's a little blast of confetti, a whiff of peppermint, bam! Yeah. You got it. <laughs> Even if there's like what, th- like let's just say three billion kids to make it easier, right? Like if you're this powerful, it doesn't take you that long to make a bunch of Ben Ten toys, right? Like it can't be. Like you're not. Mm-mm. Like you know, we Ooh. always kind of think of like you know they they probably have like Christmas night off, and then you know twelve oh one on December twenty sixth. All right, boys, back to work. Yeah. But, which one? What would they be building? I guess they just assume. Well, might as well go ahead and get some Xbox, PlayStation Fours ready, and then as soon as they say, "Well, they we know Kingdom some Hearts little shits are going to want these," <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, they have a whole box full of Kingdom Hearts Three that are just like waiting for them to stop pushing the release date so they can finally hand them out. <laughs> one thing that just popped into my mind is uh, Santa's ability to maximize storage. I mean, that bag he keeps in his sleigh is holding how many gifts? It's just a wormhole back to the North Pole. He just reaches oh, yeah. and pulls out. That's, yeah. uh, that's what Miscellaneous Army Center says. Sir, if we could just get that bag, the things we could accomplish. <laughs> true. <laughs> Gone are your supply lines, your depots, your long convoys of fuel trucks. Yeah. You've got the bag. Mm-hmm. I keep the bag in a in a in my filing cabinet at work. Just pull it out, jump in it, and just zip right home. Yeah, yep. that's right. Done. That'd be cool. I could probably find more practical uses for it than that. But yeah. That's just the first thing that comes to mind. I think it means you're a good person. That that's where your brain went. It's like, wow, I can really cut down on my commute. Not like, wow, I could subjugate all of humanity. <laughs> that would probably sink in after a few more days. Oh well, yeah, give it time. That'd be awesome for the show. Just jump in the back and appear here. Yeah, yeah. There you Lose go. that hour drive. All right. We can record every day. Doesn't that sound great? <laughs> I mean, just the fact. Well, also, are we saying he's got flying reindeer? Oh shit! Yes. Totally forgot about We've that got to part, say yeah. he's got flying reindeer. He's got flying reindeer. 
we saying Rudolph or no? Is that or, or is Rudolph like the uh, gentrified or like kind of? I don't know if Rudolph that? is canon. <laughs> We're trying to stay realistic here, Ryan. <laughs> Come on, man, get real. Glowing nose. Break. Um, oh, okay. So, like so a reindeer. Oh, sorry. Yeah, it's like some kind of druid or like beast lord in that case. Then you know what? I I think it goes back to him creating custom living things. It's less taming things that exist, more creating things for a purpose. I don't think he has to tame them. He's got all the magic in the world on it at the end of his fingertips. I'm sure right. he could coax them. He's, he coaxed all these little elves to do his yeah. bidding. You know, I wonder if he only looks like Santa Claus because that's what the legend is. Thanks to Coca-Cola, we've got this very solidified <laughs> image of what Santa Claus is. We know approximately what the elves should look like. But if you stripped away all the, all the glamour, all of whatever he's doing to obfuscate his appearance... He's just like some shifting silver mass of twitching oh, energy yeah. or something. <laughs> He's just some wellspring of power. His elves just extensions of his long noodly appendages. Just was, like Odo from Deep Space Nine. Yeah, just yeah. this <laughs> gold jelly thing that's sitting there. What was uh, in Rick and Morty the, the the cloud of gas that Morty was trying to... Oh, yeah. Oh, the, the Moon Man? The Moon Man episode. Yeah. yeah something like that. He's something like that. Something outside of, of, of standard matter and time. Mm-hmm. Something Lovecraftian. Mm, and think about that. I, mean, I wonder if he's proof then that we are the only other life in the universe. Oh, like, yeah. did he did he scour the cosmos and just be like, well, you know, it's either this or just like a plate, like a giant rock made of aluminum. So, I guess Earth seems a way to like pacify myself or keep myself interested. Because like, what would something like that like care about war? It's like, all right, well, I'm gonna like you know use some kind of like matter vaporizer thing and blink them all out of existence. Like he could have killed us all already and then thought it was boring and bring us all back again. Obviously, this is the way he wants the world to be. Right. That's a that's definitely a conscious choice on his part. Which, like, I feel like that would be the hardest part. Like, forget how does he make the toys? For how does he do all this stuff? I feel like at the end of the day, he would just say, like, why hasn't he just killed us all, yeah. dude? What if he just kind of likes it like this? Like, what if that's all he wants? What if that's like all he needs? Santa, why did you let my dog die last Christmas? It's like, oh, because. <laughs> A, it's so far removed from what he cares about that it doesn't matter, or B, because that's what he wants to happen. He's because he'd be like, because you too will die someday. Laugh <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <Black> tonight, <laughs> child, for soon. Yeah. No, Santa gives you the tough love. <laughs> Santa's Man. more like a prequel Jedi Master than the modern Jedi Master. He's very cold yeah. and a little direct. I didn't think about any of this stuff no. like coming into this. <laughs> Expand your mind. <laughs> I think it's such a good judge of character, though, to kind of see where people go, you know? Yeah. That's military true. and eldritch horror um getting to work faster yeah. <laughs> Simple uh, man. labor laws labor laws yeah man so many different uh, possibilities there huh i don't know about you guys but get me excited for next monday right tell me about it <laughs> i feel like know. i'm forgetting something though i feel and, like until a- like all four of us disappear our last vision <laughs> yeah. is just like you know too much <laughs> i never heard from again <laughs> yeah. wake up tied to candy cane person? chairs and shit because <laughs> i could just be talking to a bunch of elves right now and i wouldn't know the difference <laughs> what a ridiculous concept what do you mean i can't Ryan? believe <laughs> <laughs> no, this I know guy's the real got people. the hit the nail on the head all right where do we go from here gentlemen uh, probably hell. I think that's where we're all going, but that's beside the point. Well, you know, uh, but real quick, the only thing we haven't talked about, is there in fact a Mrs. Claus? Oh, yeah. Well, Is she a human? Is she another him? Is she an extension of himself? Are we getting real Grant Morrison about it that it's in love with itself? He made her Maybe from one of his... where the elves come from. He made her from one of his own ribs. 
<laughs> and, uh, I'm still recovering from that mother screening I went to. Don't be going too far down that rabbit hole. That was pretty nuts. Yeah. The what screening? Mother. Mother. The Darren Aronofsky movie Mother. I didn't see it. Was it good? Uh, you wouldn't like it. Was it was a movie. It was, uh, this isn't really a spoiler alert, and you should have known by now, and I don't know how much of the Candar, or uh, Candare audience just adores Darren Aronofsky Pirate film, <laughs> but uh, it, it's basically a modern retelling of, what is it, the book of Genesis? Yeah, yeah. So, like, what? it's all, it's like this weird, like, all in subtext, watching God create the world, and then the world, like, destroy itself, and him recreate the world again. In Mother? And his wife is yeah, like the Jennifer Virgin Mary and Satan. <laughs> It looked like a horror movie. Yeah. Yes, I yeah. did not know what I was walking into. And I was like, I think this is about the Bible. Like, I could see people, especially in L.A., people are like a little snoot. I was at, like, the snooty movie theater where, like, nobody talks. And, like, even if you check your cell phone, like, during, like, the local car commercial app, people are like, oh, really? You know? <laughs> I kind of want that theater. That Good sounds ball. like my theater. Yeah. Uh, no, that's fun from a distance. But, uh, like, even in the middle of that, I saw people looking at each other being like, what's happening? Why do you just eat that baby? <laughs> I think I'm joking. I think I'm joking. We've got the we've got the theaters with the kids kicking and screaming and adults kicking and screaming mm-hmm. everywhere. You can't enjoy a film around And adults here, so kicking and screaming that. at the kids. Yeah. Hey man, yeah. if you go to Star Wars opening night, you just gotta bank on some adults kicking and screaming. That's just the will of the force. Yeah. Well, that's true. But... Or something I didn't expect when I went to see Star Wars, uh, a lot of adults laughing. I guess not appreciating <laughs> the angles it took. Yeah. Well, you know what? Since Star Wars keeps poking its little head up in this conversation, <laughs> I, that's, I mean, I'm aching to talk about it, honestly. Mm-hmm. But yeah. um, have we covered Santa well enough? I, I kind of feel have. like yeah. we have. I like what we landed on, though. He's, he's, he's more than just a person with magic. He's got to be some higher power, yeah. some bigger entity. That and if there is a physical Santa Claus, he is just the material extension of some higher power or entity. A he's like an extension appendage. of God or whatever. Yeah. A God, entity if not the God. May exi- yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. Oh, boy. Do we have time for this? <laughs> that's the Santa sequel. <laughs> the, other, the other eight Santas from the different dimensions. <laughs> but maybe he, you know, like you were saying, this is the only place he can stay on right. Earth, so... But he has to keep himself cut away because he knows what his power let loose on this world could do. But maybe he's thanking the world by letting us stay here and being Trying left self, alone by giving those gifts. He self banished himself on some island in the North Pole and cut away the power that he has. Until he keeps one day. fleeing planet after planet that gets destroyed by Krampus. And he's finally come to the conclusion he's the reason Krampus grows so strong. That's why he keeps a low profile ah, here on Earth in go, his wake. That's the one. Devastated so. solar systems. So he's kind of like Luke Skywalker. Yeah. Yeah, if you're telling me. <laughs> That's what it is. <laughs> just no, we'll talk about Star Wars. Guilty. <laughs> and... All right. Well, uh, should we just end the episode and then do it, or should we just do it now and then end the episode? I was going. I wanted to make a very clear stopping point for people to check out, so they didn't get spoiled if they didn't want to get spoiled. Let's just go. Yeah. Let's just make it all one big awesome. I believe we've had a couple warnings at this point. Yeah. All right, yeah. So let's tell them this is it. This final is it. warning. This You've is your it. final warning. Spoiler alerts ahead. We are going to. We are jumping from Santa Claus to Star Wars. Edit in that shitty emergency broadcast noise. Like, <laughs> we'll do. We'll do. <laughs> I mean, if there's anything we've been talking about on the show, and if that the world doesn't know by now. That Star Wars is just a much a part of Christmas as Santa. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, come on. Not anymore, though. It's moving to maze. 
This is what? the last one that comes out. This is the last one that comes out in December, and then your other favorite sci-fi franchise, Avatar, takes the December slot. Oh boy! Oh, because we, we got Han Solo allegedly is out this May already. There's a joke to be made what? about Seriously? a blue Christmas, but I'll let it slide. That. I just knew next year sometime. I feel like we would have seen a trailer by now. Yep, maybe Super Bowl or else Disney's. Uh, well, this is the most boring version of the conversation. Well, guys, you know, rolling out trailers is some pretty serious business <laughs> these days. Wow. All right. Well, let's just jump right into it. Um, Star Wars. Who wants to start? Who would like to go first? Let's just go around the table. Should we just do initial reactions all around, and then we'll, we'll yeah. bounce up yeah. everybody? Let's it's that. not that simple with me. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> That's good, though. That'd be, I, I'm more interested in that opinion than just someone going, yeah! Like, it was the best Star Wars You ever. seem like you had that kind of reaction. Yeah, I'll start. Um, I think it was clumsy. I think it came at certain things from the right point of view but it was too eager to share its own message and in so doing just destroyed the progress of the previous film and stopped the momentum of the series dead. Okay, Jack? I liked it. (laughs) (laughs) No grievances? The Leia part? Yeah. There were little nitpicky stuff here and there but other than that I really liked it. I thought it was I think it was probably one of the best Star Wars there's been. That's a big claim. That's a big claim. (laughs) All right, Ryan. Lay it on me, brother. Could not stand it. uh, It hasn't even been 24 hours since I finished watching it yet because it was so freaking long. So I'm still still reeling, uh, which I have some pretty concise opinions about that we'll get to. But ultimately, I think uh, the Star Wars franchise has two creeping problems that they have yet to rectify and until they can i i'm quickly losing interest in any future star wars films oh man all right (laughs) guys no i'm 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 kind of stuck somewhere between you and jack i had fun with it but the fun didn't come in until about halfway through it yeah that's about when i got on board um i felt like our expectations and anticipations were obviously dashed Mm-hmm. You know, anything that we were anticipating, predicting, was just stripped from us, which is fine. Yeah. I'm fine with that. I'm I am welcome of change, mm-hmm. and um, but if it's done right, so you know, not getting the answer to race, you know, race parents not being someone of importance, the fact that they were nobody, that's fine. We always kind of knew to an extent. I, I mean, I was one of those people thinking, well, she's got to be someone's daughter. It's got this is a family yeah. thing. She's got to be someone's daughter. The fact that she isn't, I can roll with that. I, I'm down with that. Um, There's still she may be that might just been something to get her to say screw being good. I'm gonna come over to your guys' side though. No way. I, I no. think that was a hard reboot. No. They're done with any of that stuff. I yeah. think anything last that uh, Force Awakens set up is officially as dead as Snoke. Because he's like, search your feelings. You know it's true. And then she starts weeping because she does know it's true. It is. Mm, it's. Okay. And that's fine. I mean, um, she doesn't have to be. I didn't mind that whole thing. Either. I think what it stands for is the right. It. I think what it was trying to do was the right answer. That there, when you build up these huge, when you kind of build your personality around these problems for yourself, no answer was ever going to be good enough. It didn't matter if they were good people or they were bad people. It's irrelevant because she's built a life and she's found friends and she's, you know, become one with the force in whatever way. Like look who she made herself into. Why is this pain some compelling part of your personality still? Yeah. Why are you well, holding on to that? It's like holding on to getting bullied as a kid. It's I wouldn't say it's holding on to. It's just what the franchise has set us up to expect. 
you know, you were able to make these predictions, and sometimes they come true, sometimes they don't. I don't think well, it's unbelievable or unheard of for people to be thinking like that she is. Somehow. Oh no, I think I, I think that's what the the story was trying to say. I agree with you that it, it's a. Oh, I'm sorry, I thought you were saying. The oh other no, way. no, no, I think that that was. Um, you know what? I, what I'd like to read that you brought that up. There was a post I saw online that I can't validate. You know, it doesn't give a ton of sources, but but I, I've heard difference of these things from different outlets, and I think it's it's pretty true. Um, it says Disney isn't in charge of the story; they let Lucasfilm run relatively independently, which that's true. When Kathleen Kennedy took over Lucasfilm before she sold to Disney, she asked George Lucas for ideas for an entire new trilogy. She hired Michael Arndt of Toy Story 3 and um, Lumis Sunshine fame to flesh out these ideas uh, to become script treatments for 7, 8, and 9. She took these at Disney's and, and used it as a leverage to sell Lucasfilm to Disney. That's all been confirmed. We, all, we know that 100% is true. Uh, then Michael Arndt was hired as the writer for 7. Uh, to expand what he and George had already talked about, flush it out, which is, I think is kind of code for make sure it's not the prequels. Then she hired J.J. Abrams, who asked for permission to toss out everything and start fresh, which was given to him. Then Ryan, jo- Ryan Johnson said repeatedly he was surprised that when he came in, they basically told him, you have a blank slate to work with. So what I basically think, they, they, they called J.J. Abrams and said, look, we just spent $4 million on this thing that only really exists to angry nerds who are pissed off at the prequels. We need you to make us a cool two mil on a nice safe movie that asks some losty kind of questions. How did you get that lightsaber? Who is Snoke? Who are her parents? And then you quickly realize that J.J. Abrams is great at asking questions but has no interest in ever supplying answers. <laughs> so Ryan Johnson just truth. tried to... He just tried to hit the ripcord and retcon as much. Who's Snoke? Oh, it doesn't matter because he got cut in half. Who raised parents? Uh, it's irrelevant because her character journey is doing how to let go of her pain. Where did you get the lightsaber? It doesn't matter because it's broken. Like th- This one just felt like such a reset and, and su- su- such like a reboot in a way of what J.J. Abrams did. I don't know how to feel like that information isn't true. And, you know, here's here's the thing about all of that. I I get to an extent where he's coming from resetting the whole thing. I totally, I, I get it, and it's conceptually, I think it's very interesting because this has been a series that's so built on process and prediction and sequential events that the idea that something could be suddenly thrown out shakes it up and makes you go like, oh shit, this is new, this is different. Mm-hmm. I just think the execution fucking didn't work, and it's like you've got this line where Kylo Ren's like, let it die, let the past die, which I think was the only like legitimately fantastic line in the mm-hmm. movie because it so succinctly summed up the idea of the movie. But at the end, it's it's all cyclical anyway. In issuing all of these things that made Star Wars what it is as as a statement, all it's done is taken us back to the start. Yeah, it's, all it says, let the past die so that we can be a movie about a rebellion fighting an empire. Yeah, it's... All of that, all of that ballsy build-up, <clears throat> axing old characters and stuff, it meant nothing at the end, because yeah. we're back to square one. It just felt like a big fuck you to to fans. Yeah. I don't know. You know what I, my big frustration with it? And it's not that I don't blame it, um, but I think Star, Star, Wars, Star Wars is such an interesting animal. Because Star Wars, uh, like, forget the video games, the comics, uh, you know, the even the cartoons, extended universe, forget all that crap. As far as, like... You know, my sister, who's a grade school teacher, like she's like middle America, like mainstream America. As far as they're concerned, there's, you know, whatever, nine Star Wars movies now. And there's there's a rebellion that beats an empire like it's the most narrow franchise. And they really haven't like Lord of the Rings or Game of Thrones. 
any of us right now could spitball 30 different takes on it or places for it to go. Sure. But Star Wars has not sown any of those seeds. But my biggest issue with this new movie was really two things. Number one, and I, I think two issues that are a problem with Star Wars as a brand that they haven't found an answer to. Number one is that Star Wars is a space fantasy movie that's also combined with this like World War II like like pseudo like war film and they've never really been able to weave those two elements together very well like even a new hope was 80 percent war movie with a little bit of space fantasy then they kept trying to dial up to space fantasy because the lightsabers and stuff i think are always more interesting because they're freaking lightsabers and space knights and by this and then by every movie it gets worse and worse so you get to this movie and you literally have rebels running away from an empire for an hour and a half because they have nothing else to do with the war plot because it's just so uninteresting. But it, it's considered so essential to the Star Wars franchise. Right. I think that was another... I don't mean to cut you off. It looked like you were... No, no, please, please. I, that dramatic pause was for you guys to jump right. in. <laughs> I think the slowly outrunning the supremacy and the Star Destroyers thing is kind of farcical. A, I can't imagine they don't have enough firepower to break those shields and or exceed their speed, right? B, why is the entire command structure of the First Order concentrated in one place at any given time? For Christ's sake, at the very end, you've got Kylo and Hux on the ground Mm -hmm. in a war zone. You know, there could have been one rebel with a tiny blaster hiding behind a crate. Take out both of them. Oops, got them. You know, it's... It's, it's just it's, lazy. Yeah. I mean, it, it's just, I mean, they, they, you know, that would be like if you were talking about Star Trek, you're like, well, you know, season three is pretty good. There's that episode when they spend the whole time running away, but once they get away, it gets good. But it's not an episode. It's not a, like that's filler material. Yeah. And it's a whole movie. It's a third of the new franchise. Uh, it, it, it's just nuts. It's like. I I've, did like, I, I got any favorite words to do, though. I thought the Starship kamikaze, I'm really sick of rebel kamikazes at this point. Like, I feel like if you joined <laughs> yeah, the rebellion. Right. Like, you're like, well, welcome to Rebellion. There's your name tag and your flight suit. First thing we're learning, a good kamikaze. Because that's, like, the only way that you're taking on the Empire. I mean, that's uh, I asymmetrical warfare, right? right? Suicide bombing. <laughs> yeah. I, I did think the effect of hyperspacing through the ship, like, visually and oh, the that sound that accompanied cool. it, yeah. was, like, yeah. hauntingly beautiful. Yeah. That yeah, really, really stuck cool. with me. Um, although, man, as soon as you hard cut the fin and all the all, all the stormtroopers are dead but him, though, you're like, oof, that just bring me crashing back to reality. <laughs> yeah. It's like being on a roller coaster. Oh, my God. Okay, it's over. All right. Yeah. I need to I need to get everything I have here out really quick yeah, because yeah. I've been I've been I've just made the comment a, a little bit ago that it seemed like a big fuck you. And with the few little things I've said so far, that just would lead to believe that I hated the movie and that because those questions weren't answered, I'm unhappy. Not the case. Overall, it's Star Wars. I love Star Wars. And you have to learn to love everything you dislike about Star Wars. Jar Jar Binks being a big <laughs> part of it, you know? He's in there whether you like it or not. Yeah. And that's how this installment is. It's there and everything that comes with it, whether you like it or not. So... Again, I had a great time with it. It was a fun movie. Very ballsy movie. I liked some of the changes. I do kind of enjoy the restart. Sure. What was lacking, the fuck you came in the absence of the Star Wars tone. If that makes any sense. As soon as the movie starts, you know, you get that... The scroll goes and then the camera comes down. You typically see a planet with a ship drive by or something. It immediately took this... The camera just starts barreling toward a planet past all these (laughs) ships and stuff, which is... 
immediately like kind of jarring but like that's not typical but okay um and this might be blasphemy to say but i thought billy lord was fucking horrible i mean her lines were awful <laughs> no which one was Leia's she his daughter uh oh yeah Carrie Fisher's daughter for uh, being such she a playing? big deal she was uh she was the, just like the, a blonde with the little buns oh uh, yeah I, I just yeah, hated she that she cool. was even there. I mean, as soon as you see her, you're pulled I mean, from but the, the movie. But fir- the first scene you get, that first scene to me, I, I went with my younger brother, and we were sitting in the movie theater, and as soon as they had that, I call it, like, the, the, that Whedon scene with the prank phone call thing. <laughs> yeah. Which, like, that's a fine joke. Like, fine, whatever, sure. That's, like, the, that, that meta humor is kind of what's big right now. But as soon as that joke becomes an actual plot point, like, him getting Hux to believe he couldn't hear him, was yeah, essential was to him being able. It, it, it went on to way too. Yeah, you long. can't it do that. that you're, you're losing tone control. This isn't Star Wars anymore. Like Star Wars, they can totally joke around. Whatever they can milk a, a freaking uh, but, space monster, whatever. But soon, as, like when you're in the war scene, there's no tension. Then if he if he's got time to to, to do some slapstick while he's taking down a dreadnought, which did you know that thing's called a dreadnought? Yeah. Oh my god! Drink every time they say dreadnought. Good <laughs> lord. But kids, if you would like to ask magical Santa Claus alien creature for a dreadnought action figure, it's called a dreadnought. This is also in a galaxy far, far away. Or do we assume they have call waiting in See the that, fucking yeah. galaxy far, far away? It was like in Force Awakens. They showed a girl working uh, in the Resistance like at a computer like with a real tight curled perm. Like, So those are, those are salons now in the <laughs> galaxy far? I'm sure there are. Yeah, they play the cantina music while you're in there, too. Yeah. Um, that brings me to two important points. First off, about the prank call-ish nature of that first thing. If they had cut down that exchange to like one little quip Sorry, one little quip. Like, Poe Dameron's like, that can't be Hux. I was expecting someone with a little authority in his voice. If he, like, made a crack on his demeanor, that would be totally fine. And even if that was the point, he only needed that extra second to charge up or whatever the hell, I'd have been at peace with that. It went on too long, and that sucked. Yeah. That was the failing of the joke. Didn't um, he bring in a mom joke to it or something like that, too? Yeah, yeah. he did a mom joke, too. Yeah. Yeah, But to me, this is like the rise of the... you know, there's a classic quote where people try to rip things off, but they don't know what's good about something. You know, the, right, everyone right. says, "Well, Marvel Marvel movies are light," you know, but it but it's still but the the big scenes need to be the big scenes. I need to believe that he's in the midst of the fight of his life, and, and that it's far believe- far it fucking away, deal. and that yeah. at one point in Poe Dameron's life, he didn't sit on fucking hold to yeah. acquire this line to use yeah. against Hux later. Like, and see that ugh. that brings but me that, to my. Yeah, no, please. Second point. Take that transition. Say, that brings me to my big gripe, is that when you look at Star Wars under a microscope, it doesn't make sense, and that is fine. It is a space fantasy movie. Yeah. Why are they speaking the King's English? Why do some people have British accents? Why do they have these slang terms that originated from very specific cultural things here on Earth? Because it doesn't make sense, and that's totally okay. It doesn't matter. But the closer you look at that the more the big picture starts to unravel. If things move fast enough and events are serious and dire enough, you don't stop to consider those things because it doesn't serve the narrative. Right. Oh, so you're, you're saying we probably shouldn't have a 20-minute interlude in the casino. Absolutely not! <laughs> it is exactly that! I've got a whole thing about that, too. I, 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 I mean, but here's the thing. I think you can't even talk about that kind of stuff because that's, like that's such obviously... You can't, it, doesn't, it doesn't merit conversation. I mean, that was, that was prequel bad. Like that was yeah. that, to me. That's that was just this visionless. Well, uh, that'll stem off something else I have to mention really sure. quick. Another thing that pissed me off so bad was the very first scene of the island there. 
they left Force Awakens with so much weight. With her handing him that, that look of desperation in her face, the look in <laughs> his, on his face, face of like understanding while he's there, while she's there, the, you know, what that means to him. And then, you know, so when the movie got to that and, you know, he takes the saber, you could have heard a pin drop in the theater. Oh, yeah. And for him to throw it over his shoulder and just walk, I just thought, I think I even said it out loud, like, you've got to be kidding me. This is what yeah. we've waited fucking two years for? A a punchline? A joke? Didn't we it's talk about that with the nerd? It's kind of what, what Luke's first line was going to be. It was like, where's the beef or something? And I was like, hey, maybe it was do something kind of like Yoda and just kind of like this old master, this old guy that you don't know then who we've he got is him or... sucking he... blue-green milk out of a bipedal oh, walrus. That was... Yeah. Why is it always with the blue fucking I milk? <laughs> I uh, So we that's get where it, it comes from. That cracks me up that there's some guy in a room, you know, some executive saw it. He's like, you know, we want to make sure we get all the classic Star Wars moments. I want to see at least 20 X-Wings. I want to see an AT-AT walker, and I swear to God, if there's not some kind of blue dairy product, I am... I'm hitting the no button. Well, you blue know, milk? of all the other things that he decided to ignore or wipe away from the slate, why is, you know, why is the blue milk the one thing that hey, doesn't... Hey, guys, that or, you know, you know what episode 12 mm. blue milk is going to be like the payoff of a lifetime did you know this whole time the midichlorians were in the blue milk <laughs> that's what <laughs> it is right they're going to do that 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 epic mash cut of everyone sipping blue milk like oh my god it's all they're all making Ill. those that, gross manatee people the most powerful force users in all of creation <laughs> yeah. that goes into then my point of or uh, not my point but what i was going to say about just the humor there was way too much humor in this uh movie i think uh, and I shouldn't say way too much as humor done wrong. There's been humor in the other movies, but done differently. Kind of the same difference in humor between original Ghostbusters and the female Ghostbusters humor. Yeah. One's a subtle underlying humor. The other one's fart humor, slapstick, right. you know. The, the humor constantly. Shucking and jiving for a quick laugh. Took and, you aside to tell you something and then put you back in the story. Yeah. yeah. So you know, like, your sarcastic friend nudging you in the stomach, like trying to whisper <laughs> you that one liner, like during you know your teacher's presentation. We're supposed to be serious right now. So like the the porgs that oh, they were irritating as shit to me. One, um, I mean it was obviously just a marketing ploy. They're all over the fucking yeah. shelves. They're all like, over the popcorn bucket. Can you believe bucket. that Chewbacca They're... had a perfect Boston Market rotisserie porg body? <laughs> that, like, that was so stupid. It looked like a like, toy. That's like Monty Python. You know what I mean? Like that, yeah, and then like the little quivering lips on them as they're watching, you know, watching about to eat it. That was stupid. Like when they're in the cockpit with him when he's flying, and like the one flies up against the window. How it's like all of a sudden tribbles were showing up there just everywhere. I'm surprised they put their fins under their other fin to make fart noises. But <laughs> that also leads into another thing. Fucking the. Uh, I, what about the Rose character? What do we think of Rose? I thought her name was the worst choice in the world to put in that. It's way too terrestrial. You know what was my biggest frustration with with Rose and even her sister was that... Who fucking cares? I mean, that above anything? Like, who cares why she's there? I come into this movie, and, you know, I'm avoiding the spoilers and everything for the most part, but everyone's saying, oh, did it break the franchise? Did it ruin the franchise? Are they, like, this new direction they're taking it in? So I'm like, okay, there must be some new elements coming into this. Then the opening, I see this girl holding this weird shaped thing i'm like ooh, what ancient force user relic is this that will be introduced i can't wait I'm like, what wait it's just a charm bracelet 
it's just a thing because then when luke is in that little cave by his lookout the fountain has this like yin yang thing in yeah it. it resembles that that um what, whatever that thing was i thought it was gonna be some gray jedi or some like you know you can't have light without dark, oh, really? can't have dark without i didn't catch that so the thing she was wearing around her neck was the same symbol that was like the yin yang very similar yeah they both had it like a yin yang style going on i can't tell if it was intentional or not i'm guessing it wasn't because at the end of the day that thing was just a way for stutter del toro to uh <laughs> to hack into the the terminal room and not actually like any kind of interesting world building whatsoever but that's what i was gearing up for and then when i realized it was again just a charm bracelet i was like oh my god that kind of did that for me she rose was so unneeded in this movie mm-hmm. yeah and a waste of finn if you ask but, me but you know what that really if i can jump off that because that takes me to my biggest point i think number one the biggest problem with star wars is that it's a world war ii movie and a fantasy movie tied together and the fantasy stuff's always more interesting but i think the number two biggest problem which we saw in the prequels uh, the original trilogy kind of got away with it because he had some good performances and classic characters prequels it was a really big problem and i think this one was the final kind of nail in the coffin Star Wars thinks it doesn't have to pick a main character, and it's wrong. Because this this was Ray's movie. This movie is about Ray, because you know in the original trilogy we really miss Luke having to pick between good and evil. At the end of the second, at the end of Empire, he's missing an arm. He's looking at Cloud City, and they're like, "What are we going to do now?" And then we cut to him, Super Saiyan, maxed out, you know, semi Jedi Master. He's gone through his training. He's built his green lightsaber. And he's ready to redeem his father. This is our movie where we get to get knee deep with, we get to climb into the mysterious Sith anus in the bottom of this planet, whatever the hell that thing was, <laughs> and like go on this journey with her. But then it's also trying to be a, a story about Poe Dameron learning leadership and Finn falling in love and Leia and Kyle and the, like, just pick somebody. It's fine. It doesn't, like, the main character can't be the rebellion. That's cheating. Just pick somebody and tell their story. Is what exactly. I want to see. And that's what made those original movies work. It followed the, the, the three, four characters around. And, you know, what a waste. You, you make this character Rose, team her up with Finn for just the most boring fucking side story of yeah. the movie. When you have Chewbacca sitting over there cooking fucking <laughs> ducks right? under the Millennium Falcon. Put Finn <coughs> with Chewie. Put them out on that adventure. Put them in charge of getting that code or doing whatever the fuck that him and Rose were supposed to do because that was just stupid. Well, I mean, you know why Rose is in that movie, right? Yeah. You know that, you know that like Star Wars, <laughs> yeah. Well, but even, I mean, even more than having female protagonists, Star Wars pretty much does, didn't exist in China before, um, which, which I apologize if she's not of Chinese descent, but I assume the reason to have more diversity in these movies is, be, is to make it more palatable for that international it's audience. It's like super exactly. profitable to pander to China these days. Well, it's just oh, yeah. it's I mean, every... that Disney touch. I mean, it's the same yeah. kind of thing you saw. I saw, uh, we went and watched Beauty and the Beast, okay? So many similar things from Beauty and the Beast and The Last Jedi. Like, like during a, when they're on the backs of those stupid horse things, which when they walk down that balcony and she looks down and goes, oh, what were they called? Do you remember? Flargold flaggons. Whatever they're called. Oh, oh it's, it's Flarble flaggons. I've never seen <laughs> one in real life before. I looked over to Brooks like, she's going to be on the back of one of them motherfuckers yeah, in 30 it's... minutes. <laughs> and sure enough, she was. Now, the part when they are on these things busting, running through windows and buildings, which as stupid as that was. Are they made of titanium? They ran past this no, that's the running of the little theme. alien character that was like so obviously like an opera singer who just stood in one spot hitting an operatic note as mm. this chaos. Oh my God. Is, 
It was oh, mean, so bad. The, the, the $200 million Looney Tunes joke? Yeah, and then, like, the little thing sitting there grabbing all the coins as all that's happening around him. It was just... It was geared for so much younger an audience, at least and that it's like scene right there. They introduced... That's because the other was really dark. I mean, what else about this movie would a kid have liked? <sighs> I love watching Luke Skywalker sit in his slum and feel like a loser. <laughs> I love watching Kylo Ren be shirtless. But see, the other movies didn't have that bullshit, and they still appeal to kids. Even to this day, they yeah. appeal to kids. You because know, you they're don't... an adventure. Everybody wants to go on an adventure. Who exactly. killed the adventure You don't need movie? all this stupid bullshit on the side. This this female alien hitting this operatic note as shit happens around me. I'm <laughs> well, you know really, stupid. I can't stand all these movies now have what God. I call like the soliloquy scene. Like when like you, Black Widow has to go... Someone's like, oh, man, his kids are cute. And Black Widow has to go, oh, I am incapable of having kids. And, like, <laughs> like you know, all, all the lights yeah. go down. And shoom, the spotlight's on her. Long ago, when I was a girl. Like, no, just God. They yeah. can learn about each other doing cool things. And, you know, I, I think it's really shitty that, like you said, who killed the adventure movie? Because we live in a time that is not only receptive to that concept, but is nostalgic for it. Right. Every right. Goonies fan fucking loves Stranger Things, and Stranger Things shows the old formula can be renovated. This is the golden age of mining the things we loved when we were young to create new shit from the best parts, and they just didn't do that. They did, Yeah, they left the formula behind and said, yeah. we're going to do our own thing 100%. That's what I'm saying about the tone. There are there are rules you have to obey. Yeah. They're not story rules. You can do whatever you want with yeah, the story. But like transitions. I mean, some of the, the transitions between scenes were sloppy as fuck. Well, the, like, old, you know, the old movies got away with those crossfades that yeah. at this point they really feel jarring. You know, because at Star Wars you kinda you feel like you get a free pass, but sometimes you're just going out on nothing. But that's what I mean. Oh yeah, they can be jarring, but that's fucking Star Wars. And as as simple as it is just to be that screen wipe, yeah. That little that little nuance there pulls you into the feeling of I'm watching Star Wars. I would accept it. And you don't yeah. I don't feel that with this movie. No, I I think this movie if I had to pick another I think the two my issues with the, the two style mashes and the no main character are emblematic of Star Wars. But this movie for me is it's just so joyless you know what i mean i get the pitch that you know this girl's going to jedi island and she has these whims you know she thinks she's going to oz and i i know there's a pitch where she gets there and it's cold rocks and you know harsh waves and it's not what she imagined it would be i know why that makes sense but like we need that movie can't we have like mystical jedi island where the arts are lost but they're there and she can explore them like the whole thing to me was just like so joyless and like visionless and just like well i guess the, the the all the rebels are contented to sit in their one little craft and watch all their friends die one at a time yeah. and then no one's going to come up with a plan poe's going to get grounded and then we're going to talk about the military <laughs> industrial complex like i know that like highlighting the problems in the world seems like one way to to help make the world a better place but inspiring people is a kind of cool way to do it too like I would have way rather like there's just no magic in these movies for me anymore. And you know a good point. Uh, another thing that kind of piggybacks on that was Laura Dern's character. I love Laura Dern. I but, love Laura Dern, but she was totally superfluous. Oh my god! And like I mean, the how we how do we the make this haired lady? Yeah, how do we make her intergalactic? Watch. We'll dye her hair purple. Are you fucking serious? <laughs> we'll give her a little halo. With it. Yeah. I see someone with that hair every day. You mean mean the the smart crack shot leader who lets 90% of her fleet die before she gets the kamikaze idea? Yeah. 
Are, she how just that, left her up? hair blonde. Blonde hair would have been more acceptable mm. than purple hair. Like, ugh, tacky. Yeah, that's, that's, that's some leftover Hunger Games costumes. <laughs> okay, Yoda. What do we think about Yoda? I, you know what? I'm going to, regardless of the general opinion, I'm going to stick to my guns on my gut reaction. The puppet didn't look great, but it needed to be the puppet. Right. Was it the puppet? It looked like CGI puppet to me. I thought certain parts it looked like they they layered over top of a puppet. Yeah, and and the legs dangling were definitely CG at one scene. I remember it being kind of jarring. But just the general shittiness suggests to me it was at least practical in part. I loved the fact that he was there. I loved the scene and the implication. All of it was I love that he was original trilogy Yoda and not prequels Yoda. Yes. I would have liked if he was doing backflips. I disagree. <laughs> Fair enough. I like the whole conversation. He's frozen in midair doing a constant backflip, <laughs> spinning around. But is he aging? Is he becoming more withered even as a ghost? I mean, you know, he... I, I don't I don't love the idea that the dead are readily accessible now. You know, like like Force Ghost Obi-Wan could kind of come and go. Fine. I kind of forgot how much he was in Empire, but I don't love this idea that they can like. I don't know that like Harry Potter ghost. Like you can sit down and be like, <laughs> yeah. "Oh man, Kyle's being a dick today." Hey Ray, what's going on? Oh, uh, you know, hi Coyote Moonbeam. <laughs> like, like I don't want I don't want these guys all showing up because suddenly like death kind of doesn't mean anything, you know. I, don't I also under- kind of go ahead. I was just going to say really quick. I don't understand why they just didn't use the puppet from the old movies. I mean, like it still exists. I just saw it a few months ago. It's still <laughs> it's still real. It's still out there. Why not just? I I have, like, a kind of hard opinion. I get why it had to be the puppet, but I think if you're trying to really build the Force and and this new mythos and dive into it, I kind of would have rather that Luke, we kind of think he's talking out loud to himself, and at some point he turns around and he sees this rock that's silhouetted in a certain way and the leaves swirl around it, and suddenly Yoda's voice comes from it, that he's, like, more ethereal. I think the fact that you can have a fireside chat with Yoda whenever you want I, I, it, that that breaks something for me. I want I want to feel like the force is so much bigger than that. That at your worst moment, when you're alone in the darkness and screaming into the void, you're gonna look up and you're you, you know you're gonna see these logs that kind of look like a shaw, and you're gonna hear a little <laughs> kind of come from it, and then and he will find you in that little bit of moment and give you some wisdom. I, I don't need them. To, you know, I don't need to see him sitting on Grandpa's knee. Right. I, I love the scene. I just didn't like the way Yoda looked. I mean, I like the index card of it. You know, they had the outline. Though. Like then Luke talks to Yoda. Like, oh fuck yeah, that sounds great. Yeah. yeah, moment of clarity, sure. But Yoda's showing up, telling him, "Look, you still got shit to learn." I don't know why he couldn't. Said, the Force Ghost couldn't look like the one in Jedi. I mean, it, I mean, it <laughs> um, looked like a cartoon. Said, somebody it, said they like. He just they had like that halo one. around him. He wasn't really see through like they usually were. And the puppet just looked. Not good. I don't know. It didn't look it's, the same. It's kind of weird. It's weird for them to both be out. Like, they were sitting on the bench together. Like, they just lost the finals of their soccer game. You know? I think, <laughs> it, it, it just, in general, it was a weird kind of scene beat. But that's also, you know, the tragedy of these movies is that you have to have the original cast members in them. But the, really, all the, like, if you watch any of those scenes, about 80% of them are, we someone says something, we turn to the aging actor, and they deliver a line as they're sitting or, like, taking a lean like, they really just can't really be dynamic anymore. Um, but someone was saying earlier that they thought there was only that one good line. I thought, um, young Skywalker, you're always looking at the horizon was a, was a great line. I thought that was cool. Yeah. That set, up, that set up his little death scene, too. Yeah, that was cool, too. Uh, 
I don't know. The back half of the movie I, I loved. I uh, Things I loved. I loved seeing his X-Wing sitting under the water and mm. next to the island. Yeah. I loved yeah. the way he was fishing. That was really cool. Um, a couple things that I am just... I can't stop thinking about how awesome they were was one, Snoke. His outfit, his chambers, that was yeah. so Star his Wars. His little Praetorian guard with their weird weapons. But hey, something can I ask about a question that... On that? Were they the Knights of Ren? See, I, I was talking to a friend or a guy I work with today because that was one of the big, a lot of posts saying, well, they never talked about who the Knights of Ren were. But then there was an article that said, well, when Kylo left and burned down the, the Jedi Temple or whatever, there was other students there, so he probably brought them with him, and those were probably the Knights of Ren. Well, there, there was that shot in her Force vision where you saw him... Standing in front of like seven dudes, that all, or well, seven people in caution that all had different weapons. Right, and then and we then thought, well, this, maybe some of those guards are also like knights, right? Because they all have different weapons. Yeah. Hmm. And Star Wars functions off of action figure logic. <laughs> I didn't think it has about the same that. weapon. It's the same person. Yeah. Because my guess is at some point they might have were supposed to be, but it was already two and a half hours, and they didn't want to. We're not going to establish all these other guys too. I just thought he looked awesome. I loved his outfit. I, I thought his fight with her was great. Yeah, the the gold on the red was awesome. I just adored it. I he moved a lot better than I thought he yeah, would. I thought he was yeah. going to be more decrepit, like emperor-wise, but he really wasn't. He nah. was yeah. normal fit. And this is like fun. me reading way too far into a small detail, but I love when he's given like Kylo the fucking business. And he blasts him with a little bit of force lightning. He doesn't like outstretch his hand and arc yeah. it to him. He like shocks the ground. He ricochets it off. Yeah, and that it. fraction of the power is yeah. enough to blast him across the room. And it was such a nice little taste of like, oh shit, right. this guy's strong, you know. Well, you know, one <laughs> of the things I tried to talk about Star Wars to people is like Sith Lords should always be the best villains ever. They are super evil because they love being evil. Like, being evil is, is Sheev Palpatine's favorite fucking thing. Like, these guys should just chew scenery every time they're monologuing or staring you yeah. down or telling your hero to eat shit and die. And when you do what you love, you never work a day in your life. You, know? <laughs> <laughs> you are the supreme chancellor, king champion, whatever they're calling them. Um, another thing I loved, too, uh, was at the end of the movie when... They are all in the Falcon, and a drawer's pulled open, and you can see that the books, the Jedi books, yeah, yeah. hadn't been destroyed after yeah. all. They were in that drawer. And just what that kind of implies, like, about the Falcon and what it's become, you know what I mean? You know, it, it's, it's... It's like it's a ushered, reliquary, you know? It's, yeah, it's it's, it's kind Razor. of an extension of the Force where it kind of ushers these people to where they need to go. Now it has... You know, it had the training tools, kind of, for yeah. a beginner Jedi with Luke and the the... What the, the remote the, little shooting orb? Yeah, and now it's got shield. all the books. Like the, I don't know, it's just kind of becoming this cool little force extension. I, does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. It's like yeah. Uh, well, I do like that they found a new purpose. For, you know what I mean? Like it's not like R two D two is always just has to be in the background, right? Like they found a new purpose for the Falcon. That was cool too. R two playing that message of old Leia from mm. New Hope. Yep. That yep, was so team. cool. Um, I like the way Luke fought too. I like that he yeah, was yeah. a. Like, the way he moved, that it's really not about... Because, you know, the, the whole thing, if you really want to really get your Star Wars about it, when he was striking out against Vader and, like, leashing, unleashing his anger, in this one, he only really swung the saber a couple times. Because if you're a real, you know, Force master, Jedi master, you the way you move around, the way he moved was so alien but so fluid 
I thought, I thought it was just so smart and so interesting. I wish yeah, it went on yeah. longer. There's a, there's a bit where he bends over backwards to dodge Kylo's lightsaber. And then it, like, happens so fast, he does this twist yes. while he's yeah, bent and then just rights himself. And I was like, oh, shit! Oh, real force shit! You know, it was, yeah. like, yeah, intense. Yeah, totally. That's that's the magic, man. That's yeah, like so. Yeah. You didn't like. Did you ever think you could fight like that? No, like it, it just, that just like had another dimension. Your worldview, so interesting. But is he only moving like that because he was an apparition? Like, do you think like uh, he could actually have fought like that one? I, I choose to believe he could I have fought like that yeah. if he were there. It was person. it was cool. I mean, I? the way he pulled that what was it lightning rod, radio antenna, whatever the hell, from the top of that building when Ray attacked oh, right. him. It was just such an afterthought. Just bit, and now he's armed. You know, so he can do shit like that. I say he can, you know, become Limbo King and just. What is that? Totally. Plus, he's an old man. Like that. Luminous beings are we, right? Like that's that's the magic. Like of yeah. course he can move like that. Like if you're if you're like that close, because like you know, le- once you become a level ten Jedi, you become a Force Ghost, right? So at that point, he's supposed to be nine point nine 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 repeated. So he should be functioning like pseudo superhumanly. Yeah, he is at the highest level of living Jedi potential. Right. I also love getting those flashbacks, seeing Kylo like as a pupil laying in bed there. That that was a nice touch where you get the differing perspectives. And Mm -hmm. I like that it wasn't like a night and day, like he was going to kill me. It's like, I wasn't going to kill him. You know, it was like very much he was going to kill me, but both of which misinterpreted the intentions of the other. Mm -hmm. And there was more of the story when Luke was telling what happened. Yeah, yeah. But I think that part, I was really frustrated because I... I want to like Kylo Ren because Adam Driver is a really good actor. He is a good actor. They don't give him a ton to do in these movies, which frustrates me. But I want to get it. You know, that struggle of of, of the seduction of the dark side. I think it's the best thing about Star Wars is it make it's a way to talk about that struggle we all go through between being a good person and a bad person. But it it makes it easy to talk about because it's Star Wars, so it makes everything cool and, and light and interesting. <laughs> right. But like by the time Luke made that decision we know that Kylo was already a compromised individual, whether he was fully in the dark side or not, whatever, but he was already, you know, like Luke on, on Dagobah, he couldn't lift the ship and he, he, he was, you know, but probably even further starting to tilt the other way. The Kylo's damage, like whatever make, gave him that struggle, which is something he's still struggling with, couldn't have been Luke's trying to kill him. Something was already happening right. within, within, within his character. And that's what I want to know about. That's mom, what I want to... Mom and dad were fighting all the time. Yeah. <laughs> or something... Because I, I had a really good... One of my friends made a guess. He's like, I would have rather seen that Han Solo... Like, Luke said, I don't know if I can save him. And Han said, fine, and I'll kill him. And Luke got between him to try to stop him. And Kyle woke up in the middle and saw that as Luke trying to kill him or something. Like, some... Like, bring some family dynamic or something into it. Because otherwise, it still just feels... It still feels very periphery to me. I still feel like I don't understand. Like, I know why Harvey Dent became Two-Face. I know, because he he fought and fought to be a good person, and everything was ripped from him, and he said, you know what? Fuck it. Cool. Jedis are taught since they're children to be afraid of the Sith, that it's evil, that it's wrong. They see the nasty things they do. They're not sociopaths. They know it's wrong. But at some point, something happens to you to make the dark side seem like the right answer. That's what I want to know about. I don't want to see CGI smooth face Mark Hamill stand over you. I want to dig in with that character and know what's going on. Like, what is burning inside Kylo Ren with some white hot hate? That's what I I want to see. I totally get that because I think I speak for everyone when I say we've had that moment Mm -hmm. where you're in the dark side. 
like I I don't know like a long time ago I went through a really uh, really shitty situation with a friend of mine a while back I remember thinking to myself I wish I could make someone hurt the way I hate you know mm-hmm. and, yeah. that, and that's that's the Sith they're the ones who find the catharsis in inflicting what they've suffered right right and I don't know and, and there's all this talk of like Snoke got to him first Snoke was already in his head too much when where how explain but that's just please yes yeah, it's, it's just cheap. But that's just kind of cashing back in on that big fuck you I said we got. You know, they're saying, well, his story didn't matter. Okay, well, that doesn't mean we don't want to know. Yeah, you're saying we it still want to know it's... more about him. He was a cool character. It, it we, didn't matter to you, you know. As far as Star Wars goes, you know, when has anyone ever just wiped any character off? Like, ah, he doesn't matter. Are you fucking serious? We have a name in history on Wikipedia for a fucking asshole who walked in the background and you're telling me I shouldn't worry about Snoke's well, origin he, or who he is? Or Palpatine well, was the same way though until they got the prequels. You didn't really know much about him. You got thrown into a big hole at the end of Return of the but that, Jedi. But see, that that's the really retcon thing again. That's because, I mean, God, can you imagine all those people that bought Snoke figures like a week or two ago? They're like, man, Snoke's to be my new favorite character. <laughs> but that's not true. That's not. They didn't play it out that way. The first movie, you know, the bad guy is the Death Star. The second movie... Worked up to facing Darth Vader. And now the third movie. No, I'm saying that's why this one's the Emperor. You know, that, he, I think that makes it Snoke. Snoke. Them not even trying to describe him. I think it makes it very clear that they're just completely writing off Force Awakens. The fact that you're not even going to try. You're not even going to give me some soliloquy on the balcony. You're not going to give me anything. No, that, yeah. that they they got him off the table. Oh my! And even the, this is really nitpicky nerd rage. I love the idea that Kylo kills Snoke with Luke's saber. Great. Checks out. Don't show it wiggling beforehand. Come on. Like, they cut to it wobbling on his chair, slowly turning towards him. If he'd have been delivering that monologue, do it, strike him down, blah, 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 and you hear a lightsaber click on, and then yeah. you see it's yeah. through him, like, oh, my God. No, like, he, she did it. She got to him. That's a win. When you see it, when you telegraph it, who cares? I just, they were trying to lead us too much. They didn't, I didn't feel like we were given enough credit in terms of Well, you know, it's, it's funny because these are supposed to be family fair, you know, space adventures, right? Let's just call it that kind of clean. And like doing it like in this movie, we're going to dive into the push and pull of two main characters as they struggle with their inner demons. And it's like, man, does that sound fun to you? Does that sound like, <laughs> like, I want to go there sometimes, but like building the whole thing around it, like that's just, those scenes are always going to be hard to do. Like, could you could you tell me anything they talked about in her fireside chats with Kylo Ren? No. They both they both were just like kids that it, like whose parents made them go to a dance together and in the backseat of the car being like, hey, hey. <laughs> <laughs> I think stuff sucks sometimes too. Are we yeah. gonna drink together? I think you should change your life. Yeah, maybe. Like, it's just so cheap. It's so clean. Like, commit to something. If I moved to New York, would you go with me? another uh another strong point to the movie was carrie fisher and herself i mean she i don't know getting that much leia was awesome i loved it she was good and at the end when she's standing by herself looking out the door on on crate having her face covered with her eyes looking out Mm. That was awesome. gorgeous. Gosh, it just made me sad all over again. It yeah. did. It but, you know, I mean, she, you know, Carrie Fisher in real life, you know, over the years has done some pretty hard drugs yeah. and shit. And so. toward the end, you know, I don't think, I think her appearance, the way she aged, aged kind of took a hit by that a little bit. Not mm-hmm. that she didn't uh, age I, gracefully or she didn't look good, but she definitely 
looks distant from what she did in A New Hope. Yeah. And when she did that, when those eyes were illuminated that way, boy, it, it didn't come, matter anymore. You it felt did, it. It came rushing back, but like fucking, that's her. No, yeah. no Benjamin Button. Did, uh, digital Photoshop work on her for a little bit. Oh, certain there scenes, no I doubt. Still <laughs> There's no doubt. doubt. No doubt. <laughs> I was really surprised in the beginning when the explosion and she got sucked out in space. I was like. Wow, she went out that quick. I did too. I thought they must they must not have got much footage of her. Uh, yeah, but then I do uh, kind of wish they did yeah. kill her off with the scene That's they what had. I was thinking because next scene it's going to be a body double. At best, it's a body double, so we see her from behind. Maybe they have a couple lines they didn't use in this movie, and then she gets blown up from a distance, which I feel like in a way is also a shame. Especially if you had that shot of her getting sucked out. I mean, it sucks to kill her off like that, but like, there's no good send off, and it being like. General Organa's transport was intercepted, blah, blah, or like, you know, even if you say, like, I'm sure they're going to try to give her a hero's death of some kind, which already to me says General Organa crashed, you know, rams the largest ship we've ever built into an uh, empire. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? They're going to try to make it gallant. It just, I don't know. There's something about it that's just so. You know, I, I really like that they didn't kill her. I mean, I know that's going to cause problems for the next film, but I just thought, I don't know. I, 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 when she force willed herself back to the ship, I in the moment I was like, "What the fuck?" But yeah. you know, afterwards I kind of rolled with it because it's like, okay, we're seeing her use her force power for the first time, other than you knew she had him, just so. sensing stuff. Well, you know, right. I I'm with you. I'm well, I'm more or less ambivalent to whether they killed her or not. I think it's fine that they didn't. Her coming back through the force, okay, fine. It's like this primal thing; it kicked in in the moment. She's got this, this Skywalker bloodline, whatever. Mm-hmm. I can make peace with that. The thing that's shitty to me is that they didn't kill her when she got sucked into space, even though they had a perfect lead-up to her death scene. They had the—everything went quiet. You had the rapid swaps between Kylo's face and hers. And I think the most beautiful thing they could have done is, you know, Kylo's got his thumb on the trigger. He's getting ready to do it. You can see it in her eyes. She's aware of that on some level. And she's got this expression on her face. It's not anger or sadness. It's just kind of like understanding, okay, this is what he's going to do. It's like the same attitude Han had. Right. Kylo killed Han. And I think as soon as Kylo falters and those other fighters came in and launched their missiles, the best thing they could have done was just cut back to her. And she's just got the ghost of a smile on her face. Because, like, her last thought is knowing her son didn't do it. Didn't, didn't kill do her. It. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's cool. And that would have been I, just a beautiful ending for her, for me. Yeah, I thought when they showed her, lift, like, struggling to lift her hand up, I thought she was going to use the force to, to try to say something to him or to try to, like, like, her last words were just for her son. Oh, yeah, yeah. But, but, like, a similar, a similar beat for sure, but just some little something that she... Because especially, like, if she... Plant some because I think I don't want to talk to you guys about this. I think Harrison or uh, Han Solo let him kill him. I think Han Solo knew that if Ben oh, yeah. kills I, me, it's going to wake up Ben, not kill it, not kill him for Kylo. I, I I wish they would flush it out more to make it proof that Han, that Han sacrificed himself to save his son, not was duped by his son, because that's kind of how they played it. And I kind of would have liked if she found some way to almost pick up the torch that her husband, the love of her life left and carry it forward a little more. And that was a torch that Ray at some point would have picked up and then fully kind of turned on the flame. But it said she's in the next movie and they're going to kill her off on screen. So whatever, you know, and that whole thing with her being sucked into space and then, Oh, oh, oh she's back. You know, I felt like that scene, the, the throwing the saber over the shoulder scene, 
the Snoke being killed the way he has seen. It seems like the drive behind this movie, more so than focusing on the movie and what it's about, was more like, let's dash what everyone's thinking is going to happen. You know, I feel like that was the main dad Star Wars movie. That's the spine. (laughs) That's the spine to this movie is like, let's start with writing down what people expect. Let's do the opposite of everything. Yeah, that's again. That can be okay as long as you stick to that formula Jake was talking about Mm -hmm. earlier. Yeah, I knew Luke Uh, was gonna die. Oh, there's no way he was keeping another one. Yeah, I'm out of cookies, Jack. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) You know what scene I couldn't believe. You know, in the in the trailer, they keep hyping up that uh, that 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 scene on the red on the salt planet when they those skiffs are kicking up the red smoke. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And in my mind, I said, "Oh, okay. This this is classic Star Wars. You have the the big bad guy versus small small man with ingenuity, right?" So I was like, "Okay, so they have obviously the big guys have these big artillery cannons. So the little guys use these ships to make like a smoke screen, so you can't see where the rebels are." And then the those, which so they I just want to like so they found these ships that don't have guns that just happen to make these red streaks when they fly, and their plan was to use one to shoot the thing that is actually called the battering ram cannon. Oh my god! And blow it up. Like, but the what? red, the red wasn't coming from the ships. The red was no, part it was of from the ground. The under the ground, yeah, yeah right, like, it was part of the ground. But those, like those ships just like happened to do that. Like they, like they weren't doing it on purpose, is what I'm saying. Just to fly those ships, you have to dig up the ground. It was just like a fancy effect and nothing more. Like it had yeah, no like, it was like a what I'm saying, like so visionless. Like isn't it the was whole... like a ski to keep it yeah. stable on the ground? I it just happened stable. to drag. Yeah, I just thought that was like so. I don't know. I was like, wait. I was like, okay, yeah, right. So they're flying in pieces of shit. But the good thing about using pieces of shit, if you're crazy enough, is oh, nothing. They're just pieces of shit. Like you know, like they're supposed to be. That's like that classic Star Wars moment, being like, what is this thing? It's a fucking trash. You know, trash car. Why are we in a trash car? Because trash cars have so much scrap metal in them that they repel. You know, uh, Empire. radio waves or whatever so they can't see oh, their telemetry's off they can't target these they've right. got no shield right. generator you know? right there's always some kind of thing they're analog they run on gasoline they i don't know like they smell bad something not just like we just we'll jump in these pieces of shit because we're broken desperate and all our yeah. friends just died <laughs> and it would have been that easy because no one really no star wars fan really picks apart star wars because they know it's star it's space fantasy Mm-hmm. Well, right. I, that's fucking Except for patently us. We tore the fuck out of it because <laughs> we do that. But I mean, we are actually the worst Star Wars fans. Yeah. You're, guys. you're willing to accept it, though. And it only would have taken that one little line. And it's like, uh, uh, I don't know. We can't lock on to it. It's so outdated. And I would have been like, oh, fuck yeah. You know, <laughs> that would have been it. I wouldn't have been like, that's bullshit. But the fact that there was nothing is like. <laughs> yeah, I, like that felt like the charge of the light brigade. They're all just going to get like, there's no plan. Yeah. Isn't that the point of like hope never dies? Like. These guys will all pull up their bootstraps, and we're going to find a way. What was the significance with the? Oh, it's salt. The dude letting us know. Yeah, I knew it was fucking salt. I've been across. The oh, United they're not States on hot. It's not snow this time. Oh, you ever yeah, watch Top Gear? You know exactly, there's salt yeah. planes. And that's another thing we didn't mention. I, I just want to mention really quick. You know, everyone was saying, including us, this is going to echo Empire Strikes Back quite a bit, which it did. Uh, that scene in particular uh, being proof to the point, but they also did the same with uh, Return of the Jedi. They touched on both of those movies, uh, like echoed both of those movies in this. 
like a, like the throne room, like bringing Ray in there before mm, yeah. Supreme Leader, having her look out the window and see a rebel fleet. Yeah. You know, yep. um, just one of the examples there. But overall, like in the end, my final thought on this movie: I can rule with absolutely everything if you just would have put Finn with Chewie and made them a storyline. That would have made everything else forgivable because I think that in itself would have delivered the tone that I think was missing. I'm with you there. I didn't absolutely despise it, and I could have forgiven everything else if they had touched on what Snoke is or was a little more. Mm -hmm. That's all it would have taken to satisfy me. Just a little bit. What about you? Closing thoughts, Jack? What Jake said about Snoke, if I I like the movie, maybe it's just because I don't sit in the movie. I, I get into the movie when I'm watching it, and I don't have time to sit there and think, but uh yeah to find out a little bit more about snoke i, I would have liked to have known what about you ryan final thoughts um, you know i think coming out of this movie i think you guys thank you for letting me vent this was the first like good good long star wars deep cut i got to do <laughs> i think i'll say the same thing i, say, I said uh, coming out of force awakens that was like honestly this movie only matters if they can do something with it Force Awakens, I was like, okay, well, that was a nice setup. It's Then the setup's only as good as the payoff. All right, well, they're doing setup again. Okay, cool. <laughs> well, make a believer out of me, J.J. Abrams. Oh, God. I'm excited he's getting nine back. Yeah. So that, that's got me. Because if this guy was going to do the next one, I can honestly say that my my excitement. Force Awakens did feel you, more like You Star do know Wars. he's doing the three after the next one, right? Fuck about them three after that. <laughs> the whole other storyline yeah. starting, right? It's yeah. not like the continuation of this. It's a whole new thing. It'd probably be like how Rebels is. Yeah, inside. I'll watch it, but I, I don't care about it. like this one. I didn't grow yeah. up with that new one. <laughs> this is what I grew up with is this story. Um, but, you know, despite my sitting here and screaming at the microphone at certain points, I liked it. Uh, it was a good movie. It was fun. Um, it has problems. Sloppy, but that doesn't mean it can't be good. Again, I like Last Action Hero, so I, I, I can't <laughs> I'm play. sloppy and I, I have problems. I'm still pretty good, I, I can't think. throw too many stones at this, but... Um, just glad JJ's going to get it back because I walked out of Force Awakens like, yeah, Star Wars! I walked right. out of this like scratching my head like, what do you want to do the rest yeah, of the day? Yeah, Star you know? Wars? Yeah. So, all right. Well, I think that's going to do it for our Christmas slash Star Wars episode. <laughs> kind of uh, <laughs> two great taste, taste great together. Our last you know, is another our, Star Wars Christmas special. Though this is a lot of fun, this is not really uh, echoing what we've done in our past Christmas episodes. No, not at all. <laughs> at all. So, uh, though this is a lot of fun. We and took expectations and subverted them. <laughs> yeah, we hope you enjoy what we did with the Santa Claus. You know, what if he did exist? I mean, that made me think of stuff that I hadn't even thought of. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, Star Wars also nowadays carrying the tone of Christmas. Thought only accurate to touch on that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you feel like this is kind of a jip, of a Christmas episode. Go back to 2016's episode with Doug Jones. Not that Doug Jones. Mind you, not that. <laughs> <laughs> they got Doug Jones on an episode? How the, weirdly topical for that year. <laughs> the actor Doug Jones, best known for uh, Abe Sapien, the Hellboy movies. Right now, uh, he's the monster in the Shape of Water. It's, I'm dying. Uh, Abe Sapien prequel, it seems. Yeah, yeah, kind Doug of. Jones paying you guys. <laughs> he pays us in love. Yes. <laughs> Hugs. But we had him on last year for Christmas, and i got to say it's one of my, if not my, favorite episode we've ever it's done. It's right up there. That I mean, was a straight-up Christmas episode. It that just embodies Christmas to yeah. the very end. So if you still want the, some canned air Christmas goodness, 
head back to the 2016 Christmas episode if uh, this isn't scratching you or you. Yeah, it's not dated. No, not at all. Yeah. It's just all, we just talk Christmas. The news, yeah. the big news Doug Jones had that he didn't get to tell us was that he was going to be on Star Trek. Oh, yeah, that was, <laughs> he was in talks for doing Star Trek, yeah. but couldn't talk to us about it. He was just getting ready to then. find out about it, or just found out about it. So, I think that's going to do it for our Christmas episode. I uh, hope everyone had fun, but, but uh, I guess, Jack, you take it from here. Go to cannedairpodcast.com where you can see show highlights, guest info, listen to the show, follow us on all our social media. Click our merch button and buy some merch. Click the Patreon button and give us some patronage. That works, huh? Nice. (laughs) Those Candair mugs do hot and cold. Oh, shit. That's right. Oh, yeah. I have my coffee iced. Where else we got? Oh, yeah. Check out the special guest page, see who we've had on before. And if you'd like to be a guest and promote your work on the show, send us an email on the contacts page. And don't forget, folks, our Twitter handle is at CannedAirPod and Instagram is at Canned underscore Air. We've got all kinds of fun jokes that happen on the daily, so check them out. I just realized I was sitting here dogging Star Wars transitions for being shitty, and then mine was horrible right there. So. <laughs> anyway, that's Maybe not Star Wars. Maybe it wasn't a Candair episode. It like, wasn't a Candair. If you, you had some cross-cutting some harp music, you would do it too. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, next week we're going to be taking the week off in lieu of Christmas. Uh, though we're not going to leave you empty-handed. We have a, uh, a burner episode. Me and Jake did, holy shit, about what, close to... S- Four months ago, yeah, just five about. months. So it's a little dated. Remind probably, me again what it's about. Yeah, I'm going to have to remind myself, dude. I don't okay, have any sweet. idea. <laughs> but glad I'm not the old wallflower. Novel to DVD adaptation. <laughs> <laughs> the listeners will uh, be finding it out as we do. But then uh, our first new episode of the new year, we're actually welcoming Mike Quinn to the show, who uh, was actually in Star Wars: The Last Jedi. Damn right, Jedi, he was. As well as all Force the way Awakened. to the end, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, he one didn't die. Survivors. He didn't die off. So he's like one of the original the Nyan-yum. cast. Nyan-yum. Nine-num. Nine-num, I think it's pronounced. Like I think so. Nine-num. Yeah, for those of you who don't know that character, he he was the one who sat co-pilot with Lando and the Falcon in uh, yeah. Return of the Jedi. But um, he's not only that character. He helped uh, do Yoda in The Empire Strikes Back. Uh, he did a bunch of the other creatures for Star Wars. Even with his time with... with uh, uh, what was it? Pixar. He did some of the CGI work on the original trilogy. Like this dude yeah. has been in Star Wars like from the beginning. So Ooh. it's really going to be cool to have him on the show and pick his brain a little bit. Also worked with uh, Jim Henson firsthand. So oh. I cannot wait to talk to this guy. But like I said, that's going to be coming the first week of 2018. So keep an eye out for that. And also on YouTube, we also have our uh, newest contribution up to Candair Movie Riffs, Voyage to the Prehistoric Planet. Check it out. Let us know what you think. Comment, subscribe, yada, yada, all that stuff. So I think that's going to do it for this week. So until next time, I'm Jeremy Colley. I'm Jack Doherty. I'm Jake Runyon. I'm still Ryan Little. Merry Christmas, everyone. He can be naughty and nice and still get presents. It's Ask Dave. Do you enjoy Christmas shopping? Fuck no. (laughs) Nope, nope. I hate it. Me either. What do you hate about it? The crowds Mm -hmm. and the lines at checkout. Mm -hmm. It takes forever. And, you know, you can get your shopping done, like, you know, say roughly 20 minutes 
You know how guys are when they shop. Well, yeah, we, we know what we want when we're going in the store. We beeline straight for it, grab it, pay for it, and we're out, right? Yep. But at Christmas time, you got to dodge all the fucking welfare fucking families. And then, <laughs> you know, yelling at their kids because they got eight of them fucking mm-hmm. not behaving. Yep. And then you get it in line, they're acting like goddamn brats, you know. <laughs> Fuck it. I'll go, I'll go, I'll go at 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> it's the best thing to do. It is. There ain't nobody there except people stalking the shelves, and there ain't no fucking rugrats there <laughs> crying, screaming, you know? Yeah. Man, when I grew up, man, when you told no, that's it. Mm-hmm. Don't ask no more. Yeah, that's exactly right. And now you got these kids fucking, you know, kids having eight kids, you know? <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> do something about it. Oh, Merry fucking Christmas, right? Fuck yeah. <laughs> Don't wonder any longer. Go to cannedairpodcast.com to ask Dave whatever is on your mind. From everyone here at Canned Air, have a safe and Merry Christmas. He helped with Yoda, with Frank Oz, do the puppet uh, Yoda. This is- Welcome to another Jake Gamer Explosion. <laughs> Get fucked. you've got questions we've got answers business leadership ownership and sales can be challenging tune into the accelerate your business growth podcast to learn from the world's experts join me your host diane helbig as i chat with people who have expertise in various areas of business You'll enjoy the lively conversations that are focused on providing you with the ideas, tips, and suggestions you need to realize greater success. Get what you need for your business when you need it from the people who have the answers. Accelerate Your Business Growth is part of the Evergreen Podcast Network and is available on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast.